As always, it is my pleasure that you join me for today's podcast of Second Chance Coaching. My name is Dr. Richard Lewis. If you'd be so kind as to leave me a rating and your feedback, I would very much appreciate it and it will help others like you to optimally discover this podcast wherever you listen to this and your other favorite podcast. As you know, at Second Chance Coaching, we focus on seeing everyday life through the eyes of the returning citizen and highlighting the resiliency of the human spirit. I would love to work with you one-on-one, whether you're a returning citizen or coaching client seeking your second chance, or you're a representative of a business, college, or university seeking to integrate and support returning citizens in your respective organizational and learning environments. Please feel free to contact me via email at richard at secondchancecoaching.com or via Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. Welcome again to another edition of Second Chance Coaching. We are in the sixth episode of season four and the first episode of 2023. So please allow me to be one of the many to wish you a very happy, healthy, blessed, and prosperous New Year 2023. I also like to refer to 2023 as 2020 free. You know, in this year, I want to certainly sit there and pray and declare with you that you'll be free from sadness, free from aggravation, free from debt, free from bad health, and your 2020 free will be punctuated by overcoming challenges, accomplishing new projects, optimizing health, and have a cup overflowing with successes. Continue to keep in touch with us and let us know how your, how your 2020 free is going. Please make sure that you keep in touch with us. We'd love to hear all about it. You know, this past New Year's Eve, I got to spend time with my son's godparents and my godchildren. You know, we started out the night going to an Argentinian steakhouse in Surfside, Florida, and then we brought in the new year at Gulfstream Park. We figured Gulfstream Park would be a good place to go. It's family-friendly entertainment. You don't have to pay $50 to get into everywhere. The parking is free. Um, Even though the food and the drinks were pretty good and the service was a little delayed, it still would be a good place, a good, safe place to go, and it turned out to be that way as it was uh, such a good time to close out the holidays and enjoying it with family. Um, Once the euphoria of the new year (laughs) settled in and we enter into 2023, I started thinking about that I had to start putting together my course syllabi and lesson plans for the new upcoming semester, the new upcoming term. In some places I'm teaching is the spring term, other places called the winter term. But nevertheless, this term, I'll be teaching, continuing to teach full-time in my home institution Also, I'll also be teaching adjunct courses at Miami-Dade College, and I'll be teaching for the first time at my alma mater, where I got my second master's and got my doctorate. I'll be teaching at Nova Southeastern University. But with the exception of one class across all the institutions, I'll be teaching speech communication and public speaking. At the beginning of any new year, You know, so many people want to do so many different things. They want to work out. They want to get educated. They want to do different things. All these resolutions come into play. I start thinking about um, going to the gym. And I went to the gym because that was one of my resolutions, too. I said, hey, I want to start getting back into working out again. That's That's not a big deal. And I noticed that the gyms were so, so very crowded. 
And, and, you know, as people want to get into shape, you know, they want to do that as part of their resolutions. That's fine. And also, too, you know, I saw that when I was looking at my uh, enrollment sheet, my enrollment kept going up and down. People enrolling, not enrolling, deciding which classes they want to do. And although the enrollment at, at, at the colleges doesn't compare to fall term because fall term is usually the heaviest enrollment time period, plenty of people from all walks of life do make the resolution to go back to school and finish their educations, pursue degrees, pursue certifications, try to go into a new line of work. As in many years, we start off the new year looking at the new year in which um, research says and on an average, close to 700,000 people who are currently incarcerated will become returning citizens and come home and take their place to become part of the success framework. That's what we're looking for them to be, for us to be part of the success framework. Now, as we know, those returning from prison are set up for success if they have the optimal frameworks in place. And one of those success frameworks are and is educational and ed education and educational opportunities. You know, when one comes home, they can look at what their educational options are and look to their education as a means to a successful reentry journey. You know, when I first came home in January 2001, you know, I already had my bachelor's degree and I had my first master's degree. I had those degrees intact, but I knew I wanted to do more because I didn't know what I wanted to do or what I could do with the education I had. So many times I used to tell my mom, I said, I don't think my education is going to do me any good. And she hated me to say that. She hated me um, saying that as far as um, talking down to myself. She knew that the potential was there. and She was right. You know, I was learning about different industries. When I was locked away, I learned about printing presses. I learned about computer science. I learned about different things. And I wanted to do something in a particular specific industry, more like IT. But, you know, but I knew um, with um, having kids and knowing what I needed to do, I felt like time wasn't on my side. And I didn't want to be in a position to be criminally disqualified and compromise the optimization of my employment opportunities. So there was a lot of things I had to think about when I first came home. But in some of the research in which I was doing about continuing education and reentry, the Prison Policy Institute, in one of their study reports or research reports in 2018, reported that 25% of inmates that were released did not have a high school diploma. Now, the 25% rate is pretty high, especially when you take it into consideration that 25% of inmates not having their high school diploma is twice as high as the general non-incarcerated public. In addition, in that report, the, the, the Prison Policy Institute also reported that only 4% of returning citizens or formerly incarcerated individuals had a bachelor's degree or higher. Now, when I was an associate dean on the student services side, part of my job is I would meet normally with students who had acknowledged on their applications that they had criminal justice backgrounds. I would talk to them about what it is that that what it is that they went through, what do they want to do, how the, did they feel school would would benefit them, go over the school code of conduct, and then I would continue to process their next steps. And and in addition to that, I wanted to make sure I would offer to them to be a mentor. I would share my story with them, so I would offer to be a mentor or guide them and advise them as they matriculated through their college journey. Now, since we are in 2023. 
the free application for federal student aid, otherwise known as the FAFSA, F-A-F-S-A, is it now adjusted to really optimize a lot of equity and opportunity for all students. Through legislation, the, the adjustment of the FAFSA has created what's now called the Second Chance Pell Grant. And, it, and, and the Second Chance Pell Grant is really opening up affordable opportunities for people to go to school, especially if they want to go to community college. Uh, once again, referring back to the Prison Policy Institute, you know, education such as such a success framework, because the Prison Policy Institute indicated that individuals with prior convictions who enroll in college degree programs are 48% less likely to be incarcerated again. So if you talk about 70% of the time people could reoffend within the first three years, and if they are in co enrolled in college degree programs, not even finished yet, just enrolled, then you're, you're cutting that recidivism down by 48%, 48% less likely that they'd be incarcerated again. Now, when I first came home, even though I had my, had two of my college degrees in hand before I went to prison, as I indicated earlier, I wasn't sure what I, what was going to be next for me. I didn't know what I was going to do with my degree. But but I could tell you for sure, I knew what I know what I needed at that point. I felt, I felt I needed a paradigm shift. I needed a new skill set to optimize what my next steps would be. You know, I was 29 years old when I came home. And a lot of my friends, or at least to my perception, a lot of my friends were now really settling in and getting into their groove of their careers and really setting themselves up for what the long-term trajectory would be for their, for their careers. And here I am at 29 years old, staring at 30 years old, and I felt like I was, you know, not I felt like I was starting all over again. So I wanted to optimize what those next steps would be. I wanted to optimize the time. I wanted to optimize what I wanted to do to get there. I really was looking to try to play catch up with what I had lost out for the last six months of being incarcerated. You know, the thought of doing all that was really exciting, but also was, was pretty scary at the same time. You know, after going through that quick thought process, I decided to study, to, to enroll in a computer service, in a computer technical institute, and I decided to study to, to study and take uh, A-plus certification courses. A-plus certification courses are for you to be a desktop, technician or hardware software technician for computer science um, and it was a I looked at like it was a great way to know and learn um, to get into information technology with a starting framework of learning how to repair and build computers um, it was a good and productive experience especially first coming home on work release you know I'm, I'm home I'm going to work and going to school really gave me the opportunity to uh, have some purpose, to have some focus in what I wanted, what I wanted to do, and really have some hope in what I wanted to do next. So I, so I, that that was really good as far as doing doing that. Now, when I finished the course, I had a complete personal computer toolkit <laughs> with a toolkit that I still have to this day, and I knew how to build my very own desktop computer. As a matter of fact, I did build my own very desktop computer from from literally from scratch. I had somebody that I knew that was willing to do that. They just was watching me, making sure I didn't blow anything up. But I literally, they literally saw me build that computer and guided me to build that computer on my own. Now, if I do say so myself, I, I, I'm happy to say I did not have to service that computer a great deal after I did it. Only I would upgrade the parts here and there when absolutely necessary. I knew how to do that. At that point, I had to 
put in a DVD drive or I knew how to add in and add more memory. So I knew that knew how to do that when absolutely necessary. Now I had that desktop computer for about, I'd say about 11 and a half, 12 years. And then I went to the convenience of laptops, <laughs> you know, and, and the convenience of laptops, I still enjoy to this day. Now, when I finished that A plus certification course, I did not pursue I did not pursue taking the certification exams. I didn't decide to do that. And so I know you're asking, well, why, why didn't I do it? You know, honestly, looking back on it, and I knew it at that time, I really didn't feel that thing, quote unquote, or quote unquote, that passion or quote unquote, that it, that, that, that drive for information technology. You know, it was a, it was a good skill to have. You know, I kind of became the family tech person with my mom and my sister. And, um, you know, any other relatives that called on the phone, I was answering questions, looking at their systems and I guess saving them some money that <laughs> to service their computers or answering questions that that they didn't have to do themselves or they could at least go to the computer store and say, OK, these questions are already answered, so you don't have to charge me as much. Um, now, I can still work my way around a desktop, um, you know, to this day if I had to, but certainly not to the same extent that I did all those years ago. Um, and looking back on it, I, I certainly didn't seek advice about furthering my education. And, and I have to say, I think I didn't do that because I just felt like no one would understand how to assist me. I felt like I was on this journey on my own. And I felt like in order to, to produce and do well and to lift myself up, that only I could do it. And, and, and that was certainly a mistake. You know, if I had to do it over again, and I know then what I know now, I would certainly have asked for a lot of help. I would have asked for assistance. I would have sat there, formulated my game plan and asked someone, this is my game plan. What do you think of it? You know, I probably would have looked to have gone to school at, at CUNY, City University of New York, and, and examined all the majors and all the schools that and all the programs that were there and then really let the major that spoke to my passion, no matter what it is. It could have been a degree, uh, an associate's, a bachelor's, a master's. It could have been uh, a certification. And whatever was my passion, let that draw me in. Let, let my passion talk to me. And what I mean by my passion talking to me would be basically what I would ask my question, the question I would ask myself, and I ask this of students all the time, what would you do, or in this case, what would I do for a living that I would be so in love with that getting paid was not important. Now, I don't say that you don't get paid for, for the work you do. Obviously, you get paid for the work you do, but doing something that you love so much that getting paid is not what's guiding you to go into that field. So I would have thought about it. I should have thought about it like that. And then I would seek the advice of an academic advisor. And then I would share with him or her my game plan, my desires, like, you know, this is where, where I am and my fears in being criminally disqualified and, and be guided on what fields um, that I could get into or not get into. Now, before I continue talking about what I would have done, I would advise you, once again, if you haven't been to college yet, complete that FAFSA, FAFSA, the Free Application for Federal Student Aid, and obtain that second chance Pell Grant. Now, depending on your income levels and if you're going to community college, it can really cover all of your tuition costs. Now, that wasn't an option for me. The Second Chance Pell Grant wasn't there, but most, more so, I already, had a, I already had a bachelor's degree. And with a bachelor's degree, you don't qualify for Pell Grant. And I already maximized my Pell Grants anyway when I originally went to school. Next, 
there are a number of fields. And believe me, I know that my academic advisor would have told me this because I tell that to the students that I work with all the time. There are a number of fields that you could get into which does not automatically disqualify one from pursuing employment. It doesn't automatically criminally disqualify you. You could pursue a master's in social work, a bachelor's in substance abuse counseling, psychology, business administration, accounting and finance, construction management, information technology, transportation and supply chain logistics, hotel and restaurant management, just to name a few. And that's and that's just a few. There's even more there's even more 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 places than that or more subjects and fields than that that one could pursue and one, ones I could have looked at. And if and when you're seeking to continue education and to begin your reentry in 2023, the opportunities are there for you. So in sharing with you in part what I did and what I went through and what I wish I would have done differently, let me share with you once again the following what you should do if you're looking to continue your education in 2023 as part of your reentry journey. So number one, investigate the schools and the programs. Take your time to investigate those schools and programs. As I tell everybody, you know, the investigation part, being thorough and looking at it, that it may take some time and you may feel like you want to catch up, but it's okay. Don't you worry. Take the time to invest in investigating the schools and the programs. Number two, think about what is calling your passion. When you're looking at these schools and majors, what's, what keeps calling your passion? What field keeps on saying, you know what, Richard, you know what, so-and-so, this is what is for you. This is what you should be going towards. Now, once you've applied and gone into the school and been accepted into the school, meet with your academic advisor and walk through and review your academic and your career plan. Review all the things that you want to do. And then think about the fields and what it is that you want to do. Is it criminally disqualifiable or not? You know, do that research. You know, look at what internships are talking about and, and, and let them walk with you through that standpoint. And then once you're done with that and you've selected what you want to do, start school. Just start school whether it be full-time, part-time, or even, you know, students hate when I say, even one class at a time, one class at a time. A retired professor at my full-time institution, you know, he's retired now, but I remember being, being present in one of his classes, and he told his class, if you keep going to school and you stay on track, you pass your classes, even if you're taking one class at a time, you will eventually graduate. One day you'll wake up, you'll graduate. And then I'll add this part to it. You will be free in 2023. All, once again, all the best and continue to the success on your reentry journey. For those who are taking classes, I'll see you on campus. <laughs> you might take classes with me. <laughs> look, forward to, look forward to seeing you on campus. And if not, look forward to seeing you here next week on Second Chance Coaching. Thank you again for joining us here at Second Chance Coaching. In addition to coaching services for individuals and businesses, I'm also available for speaking engagements and workshops on criminal justice reentry, human resources, as well as organizational culture and leadership. Feel free to email me at richard at secondchancecoaching.com, as well as connect with me on Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. Remember, every day you are given this opportunity for your second chance, and I know you'll make the best of it. I love you all, and I look forward to connecting with you next time here at Second Chance Coaching.